Start jump sequence terminates, Captain. Get the gravitational dampers online and open the blast shield. Aye, sir. Bring us in closer. Aye, aye, sir. Moving us in on sublight drive. Extreme magnification. Aye, sir. The center of the galaxy. And there's our black hole. The experience of a lifetime, Captain. Let me put this on audio. You should be able to hear the magnetic resonance from This is it, ladies and gentlemen. The edge of time and space where the impossible can happen. Welcome to the event horizon. morning or afternoon or evening whatever is relevant for the part of the world you are in indeed welcome to the event horizon where the impossible happens join us each week at this time as we delve into the worlds of science fiction fantasy and science fact in all their forms i'm your host gene turnbow and i am your other host susan fox and with us is the sparkling talented amber martinez welcome to the show hey guys thanks for having me back again i'm so excited yeah, it, it we had you on the show not too long ago because you were in one division, and we were very yeah, excited to speak with you about that. <laughs> but you do so much more, and uh, I do. And we invited you back because we wanted you to tell us what you've been up to. You've got what well, three shows? Three shows that you're producing all at once. Oh well, I have I have um, two two movies that I'm working on right now in development. Um, they're not entitled, and then um, also I'm working on this new movie called uh, The Wine Cellar, where I'm actually acting in that, and it's a drama. It's like a drama thriller, and I play this character called Kyla, and she's like kind of like a suspicious pregnant lady with like a young husband. <laughs> So it's going to be like all the drama for that. And Uh also I've been investing in a lot of like horror films and thriller and sci-fi projects lately. So did you want to hear about some of those? Let's hear some of those. We're we're coming into uh, Halloween time here. So one that I invested in uh, that's coming out in 2022 is called Brain Hunter New Breed. And um, it has Tom Seasmore in it and Felisa Rose. They're both really great actors. Um, I invested in this project because I really like the concept of it. It's kind of like classic horror, but it's got like a like a thriller sci-fi version to it. Because it's about like um, a supernatural being that hunts humans for their brains. Ah. <laughs> yeah. And um, so it's like about a detective who like works for, you know, the FBI and they go and investigate like this. Uh, supernatural being and it's got a lot of horror aspects to it like lots of people you know without giving too much away lots of people get it what's coming to them mm-hmm. and Tom Seasmer is such a great actor and so is Felisa Rose that I decided to invest in this because I thought it would be turn out to be good but haven't seen the first cut yet but that's like the basis for it yep. um, and I invested recently also in a project called to meet the faces you meet and it stars Patton Oswalt in it, and mm. it's a sci-fi. 
Oh, we love it. I think him. you guys would really love it. It's um, it's like so. There's like a fugitive starship, um, that has like a voice, and Patton Oswalt plays the voice of like the starship, and um, oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's gonna be super cool, and so he like um, basically he evades Earth. Uh, Earth and like being stalked by Pat, like by fugitive passengers, they're like chasing them on this whole um, sci-fi, like sci-fi journey, and they create like illusions and like they do basically like magic tricks, and they try and evade their pursuers through the whole movie, and it has like biotech in it and like supernatural and uh, uh-huh. sci-fi aspects like they travel through space and it's really neat it has samuel hunt in it too and robert picardo oh, mm-hmm. oh we love robert picardo he did a station drop for us once yes he did we have to yeah right if- like how could i not invest in that project i was like <laughs> yes please <laughs> and we have to we have to get back in touch with him because when he did the station drop for us uh we were still called krypton radio and now we can't use his station drop. i know there's oh really yeah. oh my gosh that's such a cool name yeah well uh, it it was cool, but it wasn't as descriptive as of what we do as sci-fi dot radio is. And as soon as we changed the name, our listenership jumped thirty percent and stayed there. So uh, the company was, is still called uh, Krypton Media Group. So you know we we haven't left Krypton behind. All right, there you go. And it also has um, Patrick Warburton in it as well. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. I was like, how could I pass up that the investment tick. opportunity? Like, I need to <laughs> help make this happen. I have to be attached to it. Yeah, Patrick Warburton is great. I'm doing the laundry. <laughs> <laughs> That's not bad. <laughs> exactly. So, like, so they basically like they build tech to like. Um, to evade the outlaws. And so it's about like, it's this big like sci-fi journey through space where they're like evading their, like our heroes are running from like, um, bad guys basically, mm-hmm. but in space and there's like all these robots and, and sci-fi technique things that are happening. And there's a bunch of special effects and stuff. And it's gonna be really cool. Now I would want to hear him say something like, Eat my justice. <laughs> that would be pretty neat, right? Deal more. Than- <laughs> so I was like, with those two really big, really big investments, I was like, you know, I really need to like, I really loved investing in those two projects in particular out of the ones that I've done so far. Mm-hmm. Those are, I'm just starting with those first because those are my favorite ones that I've invested in. Or maybe I shouldn't say that because I've invested in five other projects. But no, those, your money those are the ones I'm most excited for it. because, um, like, I've always wanted to work with some of these individuals. And even if I can work with them just in investing and, like, helping, uh, essentially investing, like, producing in that aspect, um, I'm excited and just honored just to even do that, you know? I would so be hopefully, excited. I'll, hopefully I'll be able to be on the screen with them someday. But like one step in the right direction. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, you know, uh, being a producer, uh, you you just keep climbing that aspect of of uh, the show business ladder, and uh, pretty soon you'll be in a position where it'll be up to you whether or not that happens. So yeah, exactly. These are and these are full features too. They're not like um, shorts or anything like that. So, so what, they're full feature-length films. So what attracts you to a project first, the casting or the script? Um, I think the, the script, because you can have an amazing cast and then it just won't be good because the way it's written, you know? 
Um, it has to have a great concept. And I like to read the script all the way through first. Mm -hmm. And then when, when they tell me what the casting is, then I like to look at that as well. Um, I think it's, it's a combination of, I know this is going to be difficult because people are going to listen to this and they're going to want me to invest. And then they're going to be like, what does she look for? So I'll tell you exactly what I look for when I'm investing in films and producing. I look for great script analysis because if the script isn't written correctly, it's not going to, it's not going to translate right on screen. It doesn't matter who you have saying it. If the lines in the dialogue are not amazing, it's going to be, it's going to come across as confusion. Yeah. If the treatment, like if, if the treatment like sucks, a, it's, I'm sorry, what? If the treatment sucks, uh, there's no way the real, the real script is going to be any good. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So like you could have, you know, for instance, you could have like, Oh, let's see. You could have Dame Judy Dench, um, you know, selling cookies in a bakery and it could go real great or it could go real south, depending on how. I mean, she's fantastic and amazing and she could sell anything. But if she's given bad lines, it's still not going to come out right. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, look at, for instance, look what happened with cats. Like she was fantastic in cats, but other parts of cats were like, what happens? You know? <laughs> Uh, cats. Well, the 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 live action cats was just weird. I mean, uh, yeah, the, 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 exactly. The, when they but filmed Dame the Judy stage, Dench was amazing. Yeah, but the she other was great. Stuff was weird around her character, you know. So that was my that's my assimilation I'm trying to make. Yeah, so if yeah. you if you have a good script, it's going to be great no matter who you hire. But it's it's great if you hire amazing actors to say those mm -hmm. lines. But if it's a bad script, it's not going to be great no matter who's saying it, you know, how far, it just won't translate well. How far down so, do you drill into the story structure of the, of the yeah. script? Do you so like first check I page 60 and make sure? structure and dialogue. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then I look for, you know, what is the funding? Like what mm -hmm. funding do you already have? Who's invested? What were their reasons for investing? What reasons are yours that you would like me to invest? So I like to pe have people explain to me why they would want me to invest and, you know, they have to be very passionate. And by passionate, I mean, like, they really have to actually believe in what they're selling me, not like they passionately try and sell me something like a door-to-door -door salesman. But, like, I have to really feel that they do believe in what they're trying to sell me. Like, and not in, like, you know, because a lot of people approach me and they want me to, like, invest or help them produce with their films. And they... They want to like they want me to give them money or like help them find money from other aspects. But then they don't you know, they don't really believe in their own project. They just want the funding so they can make the thing, you know. Mm -hmm. But so I always look for people that have actual passion and actually care about what they're making, because if they don't have an actual drive for their project, it's not going to come out good either because they won't mind if things are done you know, maybe as less than they could be. Like errors don't bother them. Continuity errors don't bother them. They're like, oh, you know, just like DPs. And, and then that's the next thing I look for. I look for who's the DP, who's the camera operator, uh, who do you have working on the project? Uh, let me look at their, let me reference their prior work because I'm going to know what it's going to translate as on the screen. Uh -huh. And then I analyze, you know, all that stuff, who their, who their crew is. Then I come to the actors who they, who's acting. Cause again, it's not like really, I mean, if it's someone I've always wanted to work with, then yeah, I'll invest, but only if the other stuff passes like the screening first. Um, 
So to me, it's like if you really want to work with someone, that's great. Um, but the project has to be there, too. It can't just be like, oh, my God, because you can have a bad script. But then you're like, oh, I'm going to throw Sir Ben Kingsley in here. It's going to be amazing. Everyone's going to see it. Yeah, I'm like, OK, but let me see the other stuff first, you know, because <laughs> otherwise you end up with Sharknado 12. Yeah, exactly. Nobody needs another Sharknado 12. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't even know how those keep going. I really... <laughs> it gets, it's, I think it's the, it's so bad, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, I feel like some series that should have kept going were like Jaws and things like that. Like, I'd watch another one of those. But mm-hmm. Sharknado, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, but, it's, yeah. it's, uh... I, I don't know. I think part of why Sharknado is as popular as it is is because mm-hmm. uh, producers like to give it money because uh, it's just so silly. Yeah, it's just so so daffy. Um, the 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 people watch it. They like yeah, it. Yeah, well, the, the guy we talked to the guy. There's like a cult following, with, and that's it. And he's just flabbergasted that anybody. Made another one <laughs> See, like, even he is confused about why people like his project. That's what's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Seems silly, but okay. Yeah, it, it, it's and and it's like uh, uh, I use it when I I have this uh, I have this panel at uh, WonderCon and and Comic Con that I that I sit on, uh, and we're doing the panel again at LostCon coming up on Thanksgiving weekend uh, with the Sharknado it, people. Uh, no, not with Sharknado. The, oh. the the panel is called um, Full Time Creativity on a Part Time Schedule, and one of the things I tell the the assembled audience is, if you think your project is dumb, remember somebody greenlit Sharknado Five. <laughs> if it's dumb and makes if it makes money, That's it's true, not dumb. Yeah. And like like I said, you know, if you have passion and and you can prove to me that uh, that your project has legs, you know, and it can journey, then I'm mm-hmm. I'm down for taking that journey with you. You know, I also invest in uh, people who are like you know low low end time producers too that have that have goals, but I think that their short films or their or their their movies you know, have passion, like passion projects. Like I, and another one I invested in that's coming out next year, it's a horror film called They See You. And it's a, it's a Halloween film and it was supposed to be released this year, but because of COVID, Mm -hmm. uh, it was having like some issues filming, but it's about like three brothers who steal like, um, like steal like a Ouija board on Halloween and then they unleash like ghouls and everything from another dimension mm-hmm. on their hometown. So it's kind of like a classic horror movie for Halloween. Um, but it's really cool. It has like, it has a, um, it's written by like a new, a new guy named Tori Jones and he, it's like an independent indie film. And I just thought it was really kind of cool. The concept of it. It because it has like a lot of new actors that really, really want to try and break out. And the director and producer had like a lot of passion when I asked him uh, about his projects. So that's why I chose to invest in that one. And I'm really excited about it because I think a lot of people go and see it because a lot of people like, you know, that classic horror film, like thriller genre. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. And um, so I'm really excited about that one, but it's not coming out now until next year. It was supposed to be released this Halloween week, but it's going to be next be week. Next Halloween, Halloween week. Yeah, they COVID see you plans. as a strong title. That's that's going to people will remember that one. They see you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I think so too. 
Yeah, um, they've done a couple other productions too, so that have really taken off in the festival circuit, and so that's also why another reason why I invested too. And they're also like horror films, so I think it's gonna pick up with the momentum of it. I think it has a good title, like you said, that people will will remember. Uh huh. Do you uh, do you do well with these various projects, or do you is is uh... Is every one of them a pork chop, or do you get some hot dogs in there? <laughs> that is the some, question. Some, some hot dogs, you mean? <laughs> you know, like if, a lower, like lower quality, lower yeah, quality projects. If if every if every pork chop were perfect, we wouldn't have hot dogs. <laughs> so oh no, they can't I'm all saying, be pork like, chops. I, uh, well, I'm so particular about what I'll invest in. Like it has to run through all the aspects that I talked to you about earlier, but then also I have like, um, a digital marketing expert that I work with just for my own acting and, um, with marketing and marketing myself as a brand and everything. And I will, um, I'll pay them to analyze the longevity value of the projects. And, um, and then they'll also analyze like the marketability and what they think that the, uh, future projection goals are. So like I do everything a hundred percent, like, analytically before I agree to give my money to people. <laughs> but like the like, you know, I have to be safe because I want to make a return investment. And then some projects I know I probably won't make a return investment on, but I just believe in them. So like it just depends, I guess. It depends exactly on like I don't know. It's like it's sometimes I go based off of feelings, some pays times I go based off of analyzing like every bit and piece of it and then other times I go based off of like I just have this like whenever I take on a project I have I'll either have like this gross feeling or I'll have like like oh I don't want to do that you know like or I'll have like some feeling inside that kind of like makes me feel like light and sparkly and I'm like okay I should probably go for that one (laughs) have you had any projects that surprised you by doing better than you expected yeah like my first project that went to the Cannes Film Festival (laughs) I was so horrified because I was like oh my god it has to go so well or it's gonna be so bad for me you know (laughs) I was like this is it it better be great (laughs) because I'm showing it at Cannes and if it's not great I'm gonna cry and just feel like a total failure and and I was so nervous, like on the on the plane ride there, and that was in 2017, and my first project that showed at the Cannes Film Festival, and um, it was called Envy, and I played an Irish nun named Sister Mary Margaret, <laughs> and, and um, I remember thinking like, oh my God, there's going to be real Irish people there, and how are they going to think my accent is, and am I going to be insulting these people? Maybe I didn't study hard enough, and you know, what if the Irish people don't like my Irish accent and this could go really south. Um, so yeah, I have had that moment and where I've second, I've second guessed myself. Not usually when I'm not shooting the project, but like afterwards. If I were to say that I'm a hundred percent confident in everything I've ever done, I'd be lying. And I don't think any artist actually is. So if an artist gives you gives you a, a response and they're like, "Yeah, I got this on lockdown. I'm like solid. All these people, yo, believe in me." Um, it. It's not true. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, you know, I can relate. I can because, relate. Because um, I get a, I do get nervous, just like any other artist, about my craft uh, sometimes. Sometimes I finish something and I'm like, oh, man, you know, 
I don't know if I, I don't know if I did that right. I could have made other choices. Um, and acting is all about the choices that you make and what you deliver on screen. And and sometimes I'm like, ooh, I don't know if that was the right choice, but but then it turns out good. So <laughs> I guess I should mm-hmm. stop second guessing myself. But I think the day when I I stop I stop second guessing myself on some actions that's the day where i need to like recheck myself um and make sure i'm not getting you know too too proud natured or i like to stay humble and balanced so i like to keep myself uh balanced and focused on the track but yeah i do get nervous like everybody else well, there, there is a um possibly an urban legend but it's reassuring to me um that uh, Sir Peter Ustinov threw up for every performance, and that made me feel a lot better about myself because he's nervous. <laughs> I haven't thrown up, but I've, I've, I, well, actually, no, I've thrown up a little bit in my mouth, but then I swallowed it like it never came out before. But that was the first time. See, never I let ever, them see you barf. I ever performed <laughs> as a singer when I was like a little girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh. I was crying and I was like, what if everybody hates me? <laughs> and my grandma was like, oh, don't worry. You're you're only like 10 years old. So everyone will love you. <laughs> mm-hmm. You still have cuteness value at that age. Yeah, exactly. That's what my mom said. My mom's like, nobody will boo you off the stage because you're too young. And I was like, oh, thanks, mom. That makes me feel so much better. <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs> yeah, but there is a... Yeah, but the first time I ever went to and the first time I ever went to like an Emmys party and I knew I was going to meet a lot of like people that are, you know, that are already like way higher than me in the industry currently right now. You know, like I like to keep real like I'm I'm rising, but I'm not like people. I I get nervous when meeting A-listers sometimes, (laughs) even if we're both invited to the same event. Uh, I do this, I have a tendency to do this like funny, nervous laughter thing <laughs> and I don't know where it comes yeah. from. Yeah, or, like, like, I'll like shake, what you're doing now. I'll shake someone's <laughs> hand and like my hand will be shaking while uh-huh. I'm shaking their hand. I didn't think we were that intimidating. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, um, like, no, but uh, we get it, we get time. it. You just, you, you know, you were just on a Emmy winning show and you. I you know. know, right? I was like, I, yeah, I was. And but for some reason I felt really relaxed because Disney has a way of making Disney and Marvel has a way of making everybody feel like you're all the same level. You're all wonderful. You're there because they picked you, you know, that's different. Yeah. That makes, that makes a huge, huge difference. Yeah. But, but when you're thrown in a room and you're like, it's Emmys week, you got a network and you're like, okay, who do I talk to? Does this person really want to talk to me? I'm not working with them right now, you know? So it's kind of like, you just kind of have to go for it. Like in in Kansas, I'm like, I got to pull up my bootstraps and just do it. You know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So sometimes when I go in a room, I'm like, all right, Amber, pull up your bootstraps. (laughs) 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 You know? And, so so and so I pep talk myself by saying I'm going to pull my bootstraps up and then I go out and do it. <laughs> so and I you, act like I'm a hundred percent like ready to do uh-huh. it and all balanced and <laughs> that's another form but, of acting, isn't it? Yeah, right. But sometimes I, I am very very nervous, just like everybody else. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the thing. You know, you you don't realize uh, that the difference between you 
and the person at that very top of the same game you're playing, there's not that much difference. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, they I, I may get meet each other on, there, right on there. Working on the set of WandaVision, but before when I was going to like it, events, before I started working with like A-list actors, like the first the first A-list actor I worked with was um, Lucy Liu. Mm-hmm. on the set of Why Women Kill. And she liked me so much that I got hired for four episodes instead of just one episode. <laughs> like they just kept having me back, which is exciting. That's very cool. Uh, yeah. And she was really kind and sweet. And um, that's when I started becoming more relaxed around A-list actors. And I was like, okay, like these are my peers. I have no reason to feel nervous, but, but, uh, before that, I was really like I had that experience. Like I just mentioned earlier, I would be nervous, and I'd be like, "Oh, hey!" <laughs> but um, I feel more relaxed now, especially after I worked with you know um, with uh, everybody in Wandavision too. That also made me feel more relaxed. But I think Lucy Liu is one of the sweetest people I've ever worked with. She's so kind. I love her. <laughs> now, from my perspective, it seems to me as though. Uh, in in any given um, in any given pursuit, uh, if you work really hard and you, you know you you consider yourself reasonably expert at what you do, you're in maybe like the top ten percent or whatever it is, and then you realize that the difference between you and the very very top is really only a couple more percent. <laughs> is that has that been your experience? Or is I it- have I have realized that yeah like when I when I started getting on set with like the with the within the top tier percent yeah and then I realized wait a minute you know I pro- I am in this top percent because I'm working with them <laughs> mm-hmm. but um, <laughs> but like I like to keep myself humble so yeah like you said I would say I'm in the top ten percent of working actors but um, I want to eventually be in the top one percent. And I'm and I'm pushing myself to do it. Do it. Well, and the difference the difference might be only an extra, you know, it only an extra smidge. It's not it's not like climbing Mount Everest once you're in the top 10 percent. It's like, oh, well, maybe I'll see a little bit farther if I stand on the curb. (laughs) You know, it's it's like my entertainment attorney says he's like, you know what, like one one more one more big movie or maybe two more big movies and you'll be in the top 1%. And then he's always, you know, telling me that he's like going to keep pushing for people to give me more money and yeah. eventually get me like he has a bunch of other like my entertainment attorney is like he also does all the entertainment contracts for Orlando Bloom and Vin Diesel and they have Mila Kunis as a client in their law firm and then uh that's He's my attorney too, so Sounds he like obviously good sees big aspects for A list status for me as well. I just, I think I'm just because I'm so down to earth. I'm like, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. So, what are your next two big movies? Um. Well, I'm doing that. I'm scheduled to do that movie, The Wine Cellar, and then um, I shot my, I shot a role on. I can't tell you what my role is, but I can tell you the project I worked on. You guys are going to probably get really excited. Okay. <laughs> um, I I shot uh, my my one of my latest roles was for uh, Paramount Pictures, The Offer, which is the the background uh, 
like the background story of the making of the Francis Ford Coppola as the Godfather. Oh, oh, oh wow. Yeah. So it's set I'm in impressed. the 70s. Uh-huh. And I, I was really grateful. I was on set for uh, for three days and they were really great working with them. And I, I still can't believe that I got picked by the Godfather team. I was like, I hope that I can do Al Pacino proud because I was really, oh, I was nervous when I got uh, that booking. Oh, I'll bet. I got on set and I was like, oh, my God, if I mess this up, like Al Pacino's going to know. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, he made you, you an know, offer. He you couldn't know, refuse. Um, <laughs> But but you know I didn't so and and everybody liked working with me and the director was really great uh, he's British and super fun and and uh, one of the ads was British also and they were everybody was joking around with each other and really relaxed and they made it a really great environment to work with and everyone was super kind and even the even the extras that they hired were really nice too which is really unusual because uh, sometimes there's like drama on the set um, but I was I was really. I was really excited. It was really relaxed and, 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 um, I didn't feel uncomfortable at all. And I was, I, I'm really grateful to Paramount Pictures and, and the Godfather team and, and that whole casting fellow cast and crew. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, and I'm, I was really shocked when I got it, the role, and I'm still kind of shocked that I did that, <laughs> but I'm really excited and proud for it. And, um, last week I just shot, uh, a different project too. Um, do you know the comedian Moses Storm? I I can't recall. I don't think so. Um, he's had specials on Netflix and okay. HBO, and okay. he's like a um, he's one of the uh, LGBTQ comedians that's like on the rise. Oh, and okay. I just okay. shot a episode of a show that he's on for uh, NBC last week and I played his girlfriend in one of the episodes and it's funny because it, the show's about like video gamers and like their addiction to video games and like the sci-fi world and video and like everything with video games their lives is like I would describe the show as being like uh, the Big Bang Theory but with about gamers okay <laughs> Um, so I was excited to do that and I play his girlfriend in, um, one of the episodes and it was really fun. Did you beat him at video games? Come on. We didn't play video games. We're, uh, in the, oh, I can't tell you what happened in the episode cause I signed an NDA. Never mind. But we, we didn't play the video. <laughs> I know, right? It's, it's exciting, but it's like half as exciting. Um, we didn't play video games in the, in the episode, but the episode has to do with video games well, and gaming. Don't, and don't tell me. Let me guess. It has to do with a chandelier and a vat of noodles almondine. <laughs> that would be fun. <laughs> but, yeah, but, but we amazing. had to we had to manufacture the uh, have the the almonds uh, manufactured because almonds take up too much water in the uh, central valleys. So, <laughs> so you have to you have to three D print oh the my almonds. Gosh, so funny. And I did. I also I shot another project. I shot two projects last week, and then the other one I did was I'm I shot uh, my role in Angeline. Ah, it's. Uh-huh. Do you know what that's about? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. La- the lady with the pink car. <laughs> yeah, well, it has a. It stars Emmy Rosam, so I got to work with Emmy Rosam. Oh, cool. Another A-list celebrity. Yeah, right. I'm moving on up. I'm moving on up. I should like. I'm excited, but I'm trying to keep it balanced. You know. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I got to work with uh, Emmy Rosam, and um, 
I shot my scene and it was really exciting. Uh, it's a, she plays Angeline and mm-hmm. it's about it's like the Hollywood reporter's investigative like version of who Angeline is and like how she got her fame, not fame. <laughs> Right. The, the the whole Angeline story. I mean, I was uh, I was working doing practical effects in Hollywood around the 1980s and Angeline posters were everywhere and nobody knew why. <laughs> yeah, apparently she had like a sugar daddy that would pay for all this stuff for her. <laughs> but there's um, there's it's funny, though, because my scenes were in 1978, like when she first started trying to get on the scene. Ah. Yeah, so, so you had that exciting. big hair, huh? Yeah, I never thought I'd get to work with Emmy Rosam. I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh! I cried in my uh, in <laughs> in the makeup trailer for a second before before I got my makeup done because I was so excited, not like from fear, but like I was so excited that I I just cried. I know that sounds funny, but <laughs> yeah, everybody's a fangirl sometime, even the boys. <laughs> Well, and, and, I think it's I think it's good to cry from happiness. I think it's way much healthier than crying from sadness. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's uh, it's one of those pivotal moments. You know, it's you you sit there and you realize this is one of those pivotal pivotal moments that could change my life. My yeah, my exactly. life could change vector based on what's happening right now. This could be one of those important things that that changes everything. And and you've been having a series of those. I I know I have I have I am I you know I'm. It seems like it's I'm uh, my like it seems like everyone keeps you know telling me they're like oh you just keep growing and growing and growing and you're and it's like and I'm like yeah I think I'm on you know I'm on my right path I'm I'm ha- I think I'm building a great team you know. Um, and I, I keep getting handed all these jobs like I never thought I would get. And, and people seem to really like me. And that's exciting, you know. Um, uh, and I keep working with all these people I've always wanted to work with. And it's just it's so it's so shocking, but it's exciting. And and I'm still in shock, even though I, I shot these jobs and I worked these projects last week. I'm so honored and deeply grateful to be hired by all these production teams and and the big networks and and movie studios i'm just so incredibly grateful and i mean i love it and i feel honored that they pick me you know i think that like i feel like i've been um attracting like a lot of positive universal energy mm-hmm. lately because it just keeps coming like i don't i don't understand it i must be i must have stored up a lot of good karma for for helping people <laughs> well it does My oblige life, you to yeah. be nice to the kids who are so excited to work with amber martinez oh my god <laughs> right that's exciting so the oh. next generation you got to treat them as kindly as as the you know your your predecessors have treated you because it sounds like they've been terrific nothing oh, but nice. of course i like well i'm always treat people kind i don't i don't like i would never be mean to someone because i think that you know I would be I can I can be stern with people if people try and, you know, because I think it's so nice that some people think that that means that, you know, they can step on me or walk over me. And, <laughs> you know, no, 
but they can't. <laughs> Never like, mistake kindness for you know, weakness. Yeah, don't, yeah. Like my grandma, like my grandma always says, "Don't mistake my kindness for weakness," because I'm not weak. Uh, I survived a lot of things, you know, and 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 I'll keep going. You uh, you said something very interesting a moment ago. You said mm-hmm. that I am building a great team, and I yeah, think that- I am. You know, um, like I. I, I was like, I know like everybody can manifest their own destiny, you know, like you just have to keep your mind positively focused and, you know, and say, this is what you want. And I, so I was doing like a lot of meditating and I'm like, and a lot of, you know, and a lot of like praying or what, and I know that's not everybody's thing. So I don't want people to feel like, you know, I'm being pushy with that, but this is just me as an individual. I was doing a lot of meditating and I'm like, trying to focus my energy and I'm like, you know, I really need a good attorney, but I need an attorney that does this and this and this, and I'm not going to settle for an entertainment attorney until I find the exact one. And I, and I believed, you know, at the right moment that that one would come and he did like I needed, um, I was like, Oh, I'm going to have these contracts. I need, I need the right attorney. And so I, my friend was like, Oh, let me recommend you. He's a director, uh, Peter Cornwell. And he was like, let me, let me recommend you to, to my attorney. And I was like, Oh, okay. You know, I mean, I've, I've looked over a lot of attorneys and I must've gone through like 40 attorneys. Oof. Uh, yeah, I'm very picky. Cause I know, I know the level I want to be at and I know who I want on my team and who's going to work good for me and work well with me and be, and, you know, be on the same, you know, no BS, but kindness and consideration and like pushing me forward. Cause I need people to push me forward too. Cause sometimes I get, you know, sometimes I, I doubt my own craft sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like when I told you I was on set before and I get nervous or I get nervous afterwards or, you know, I get really quiet for like a week or two and then I'll, I'll talk about what I did. Um, and so I need a team that's going to push me and be, you know, very communicative, but also very stern with people when they need to be. So I was like, I need an attorney that, you know, knows how to handle this as a professional and, you know, works with other big name people because I want to be a list. You know, I want to push myself for an Oscar. I want to push myself for my own Emmy, not just I know my show won three Emmys and we got best production uh, for WandaVision, which means that technically all of the cast and crew, we all won an Emmy. But I want to I want to win an Emmy for myself. Yeah. And I want to win an Oscar for myself. And I know that if I want to do these things that I need a certain team and I have to put a certain team together. And so I made a conscious decision to sit and wait for the right person. And mm-hmm. I got my, my attorney. He's great. Um, Eric Suttleson. <laughs> so he went to Yale and he is, you know, really super talented. So I'm really glad that, uh, he reps me. He also reps Orlando Bloom and right. Vin Diesel you mentioned. Yeah. and a bunch of other people too. So he's definitely the person I want on my team and <laughs> my publicist, you guys have met her before Amy. Uh-huh. She's really great. Yeah. She's fantastic. She's super sweet and super sweet and communicative, but she's also stern with people. Like if people try and screw me, uh, like around with her or not treat me correctly, she's very like, what are you doing? You know, like she puts her foot down and she will cancel if people try and like 
promise me one thing and then I get there and they change the other thing, she'll cancel my appearance at the event and she'll do that. And she'll be like, you can't have her at your event because you're not going to treat her right. And that's not right. So we're, we're not going to have her there. And and at first I was like, oh, why is she doing this? I really want to go to the event. You know, I don't care. I'm not picky. I'm I'm humble. I don't care if I don't get all the bells and whistles. But she took me aside and she was like, Amber, if you let someone treat you as half of what you are, that's the treatment you're going to get. And I was like, you know what, Amy, that makes a lot of sense. I don't want to be treated halfway, even though like I'm not like, you know, I'm not someone that's like going to be like, hey, mm-hmm. you're not being nice to me, you know, because that's not in my being. Uh, who I am as a person and I'm very relaxed, but I need people to fight like that for me because I'm not, I'm not a forward moving person like that. I'll just be like, okay, thank you. I'm fine. I'll sit here. I'll do that. You know, but she makes it so people treat me the way I deserve to be treated and she supports me. And that's what I mean about building a good team. You need people who believe in you and support you and make sure you're treated the way that you deserve to be treated because people in the industry will treat you how you allow them to be treated. Even if you are humble and kind and, and like don't need a lot of bells and whistles like myself, yeah. you need uh, other people on your team that will be like, no, she needs those bells and whistles because like <laughs> I'm not a person that can be like, I'm not a person that can tell someone when I'm upset with them. Like I have to have, right. I have to have yeah. other people well, say that ask- because I feel so awkward. But you're not asking for like- anything stupid. Like, I, you know, I have to have green M&Ms and <laughs> No, whatever. not like that. You know, but like, yeah. but like but I went to an event once and they're like, oh, we, you can walk the carpet, but then you can't like attend the gifting suite or like attend the dinner. And then my publicist was like, but you want her face on your carpet. So you want like all the privileges of, her showing her face on your carpet and you can say she's there, but then you don't want to give her in the same stuff you're giving everyone else. Like that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Like that's, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like, you know, like she, she makes sure that I'm treated like the same mm-hmm. way as everybody else. That's, you know, that's treated mm-hmm. or if not better. It sounds, you know? it sounds like you do have a great team. Ladies and gentlemen, we have been speaking with Amber Martinez. And uh, let's try this again, Amber Martinez. I'm sorry, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. We have been speaking with the bubbly, talented, and vivacious Amber Martinez. You are listening to Sci-Fi Radio's The Event Horizon, and uh, we and are... we foresee an excellent future for you. No, oh, thank you, guys. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I try. You've, you've got the you've got the whole package. You've got the talent and the drive. And the knowledge to know that it takes a village. Nobody succeeds alone. And that's really important to learn. Exactly. Teamwork makes the dream work. <laughs> I like that. Teamwork makes the dream work. I might steal that one. <laughs> I think DreamWorks Pictures already did. Really? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of The Event Horizon. It has been, once again, a real delight. Thank you guys so much for having me back, and it's always a pleasure. You have been listening to episode 228 of Sci-Fi.Radio's weekly production of The Event Horizon for Saturday, October 30th, 2021. Our guest this evening has been actor, singer, and producer Amber Martinez of Marvel's WandaVision. 
This episode will air again on October 31st at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern tomorrow afternoon, and two more times in the following Thursday and Saturday mornings at 4 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Eastern. Once all of the airtimes have passed, you will find this episode as a podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, Google's Podcasts, and on our own website at sci-fi.radio. Sci-fi.radio is listener-supported sci-fi geek culture radio, and the vast majority of our funding comes from listeners just like you. We are asking you to visit patreon.com slash sci-fi radio and pledge $5 a month to help keep the station on the air. Please give the gift of geek music to your friends by helping support the world's only full-time sci-fi fandom radio station. That's patreon.com slash sci-fi radio. The Event Horizon title sequence was written and produced by Gene Turnbow. The science officer was played by science fiction illustrator Mark Schurmeister. The engineer was Christian B. McGuire. The navigator was Christine Cherry. And the captain was voiced by science fiction grandmaster Larry Niven. This program is copyright 2021 by Krypton Media Group Incorporated. The Event Horizon on Sci-Fi.Radio. It's sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. <laughs>